This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Matthew, we, um, we've raised the table. Mm. I didn't even know if you knew that our podcasting yeah. table, yeah. our studio table, could be raised like this. Yeah. And we're now standing. Well, we've raised the bar. It's it's a symbolic <laughs> gesture. We're raising the bar here so, at, so uh, at, at Thrive uh, Perspectives. So if everybody is blown away by mm. this episode, it's so powerful. Yeah. It is going to be so, uh, you know, dynamic. It's because we're both standing. Yeah, All that's right. right. Let's, let's, the energy has got to be raised. Yeah, good. Hey, um, how's the telly going? Tell I'll us, say, tell us about the telly. Well, we haven't talked about the telly yet at no. all. Okay, uh, the telly is is. Are t- we allowed to talk about it? Is well, it is it out? Uh, it, it is out. Okay. The telly is something totally separate to Thrive. Yep. Okay, so yep. Thrive, um, you know, is is obviously uh, you know we all know what Thrive is and the, yep. and the daily reading guide and the podcast and the teaching and everything like that. My uh, project now, my um, my career has sort of gone in in a bit of a sideways uh, tangent over the last year, and I've been working on behind the scenes uh, starting a Christian radio station mm. to, to digital uh, a digital Christian digital well not radio not, not really uh, digital because some streaming? people think dig, oh, yeah, yeah, digital yeah, is yeah. DAB and oh, everything yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so the, what would I know well yeah. no no everybody <laughs> says the same thing there's a lot of questions so the easiest way that I say is it's just a streaming on the internet radio station yeah uh, so it's um, it's the telly dot live uh, feel free to go over there I do a live show How do you spell three- telly T E L L Y T E double L Y T E double L Y like telly. tell with a y with a y yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the telly the telly dot live um, is is uh, where it's all about you can soon we'll have apps we can do different things so I'm basically from the very uh, from the ground up from absolutely zero up building a a new type of Christian radio station I love it I I got some great music. Uh, music hookups on it, so uh, I love it. So that's yeah. high praise, <laughs> high praise coming from one of the one yeah, of the, your music hookups. Always, <laughs> I've always liked your music hookups. What, so I'm, what are the, one of the catchphrases? One of the like little mottos we're working around with the telly is, um, and it's a little bit negative. So I don't know if we'll run with it. It's been uh, this is Christian radio for people who hate Christian radio, <laughs> and I was specifically thinking oh, about you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it is, it's something different. Uh, if you want to know more about it, please reach out to us. I'd love to tell you more about it. But right now, this is our t- uh, part two of an episode uh, that we started last fortnight mm. uh, on episode 36. This is episode 37 of Perspectives. It's Holy Spirit part two. Mm. Now, just to give everybody some context, and as you're aware, if you listen to both Thrive Deeper and Thrive Perspectives, our our two podcasts that we do together, on Thrive Deeper right now and in the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, we're reading through the Book of Acts. Mm, that's right. Now, you can't read through the Book of Acts and go, you know, mm. and not have questions about the Holy Spirit yep. or even be standing in awe yep. of what the Holy Spirit yep. is doing. So as we're going through that in Thrive Deeper, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been writing in and asking questions about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we've sort of go on a bit of a side tangent over here on Perspectives and talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so we started that last week asking, uh, you know, answering some specific questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so for this, this is our second part and, and probably final uh, part of the uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, even though he deserves, you know, an entire podcast series all, yeah. all, 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 all to him. I thought we could, in this first half, fly through some of the theology, some of the doctrines around the Holy Spirit, because, mm. you know, even though that's a whole study yeah. in and of itself. Yep. And then and then I think that's going to lead us to maybe some practical applications yeah. towards the end. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be great to get All right, into a bit so of I'm pulling out, I'm pulling out this book that you can, <laughs> that you can, I don't know if you can hear this book, dear listener. Yeah, that's this is, a big one. This is a massive book, bigger than, bigger than you know, bigger than Ben Hearn. Mm. And I just want to, you know, it's it's got a lot of information here, but it, just a big overview about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to fly through some of the main points. Yeah. And when I say fly through, I'm going to fly through. Yeah, go. And I'll just, you stop wherever right. you want to yeah. stop and sure. expand on anything here. So when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, we see that he's a person. He has a yeah. personality. Yeah. And when we say person, we don't mean a person like you and I, but a, a personality. He has, he has uh, you know, he has a mind. He searches out the uh, the human mind. He has a will. He forbids. He permits. He speaks. He loves. Uh, he grieves. He prays. These are all things that a personality has, yes. and it's all demonstrated that this Holy Spirit has. Uh, we understand that the Holy Spirit is God. He is he is the you know the That's deity right. yeah. with the Trinity yeah. there? Uh, we understand he's omnipresent, omnipresent, omniscient, uh, omnipotent. He's eternal. He is called God over and over again in the Bible. Uh, he is made equal to both the Father and the Son. Um, and then he has many names and titles in the Scripture. Mm. He's called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Eternal Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Glory, the Spirit of Life, the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation, the Comforter, the Spirit of Promise, the Spirit of Adoption, the Spirit of Holiness, the Spirit of Faith. Yeah. Um, he in 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 the Bible there is also emblems, or what's another way of uh, like uh, uh, other than the word emblems, like pictures yeah. of of the yeah. spirit. He is seen um, uh, multiple times as a dove. Yeah. Uh, he is seen as water. He is seen as oil. He is seen as a seal. He is seen as wind. He is seen as fire, and he is seen as this is an old fashioned word an earnest. Ah, oh, what what. An earnest, uh, meaning like the first fruit or something that has been devoted to something. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, there's some of the things. Um, he has many ministries uh, in, in, in the universe, the Holy Spirit. This is what he is busy doing. He was there. Um, he is a ministry uh, concerning the entire creation of the universe. Mm. He's, he's part of that. Um, he is involved in the creating of Scripture. He's involved in that. Mm. Um, he is involved in the ministry to Israel. Yeah. He's, you know, over and over again in, throughout the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, through Old Testament kings, he is, yeah. his, uh, empowering his and yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, his ministry uh, concerning the devil. Uh, the Holy Spirit now acts as a divine dam, holding back and limiting the full power of Satan. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Um, the ministry concerning our Savior. This is where we, we see, you know, in Christ's life, he depends so much on on, yeah. on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the ministry concerning the sinner. He convicts. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, that's, you know, a whole, whole doctrine in and of itself. Yeah. Ministry concerning the church throughout the local church, ministry concerning the day of Pentecost. And again, I'm flying through, I'm flipping through pages here. Yeah. Ministry concerning the Christian 
and this is something that we will get into, you know, more full on. Yeah. The ministry concerning the gifts of the Spirit yeah. is something we want to talk about as well. There's many different gifts. The fruit of the Spirit, and uh, that is a brief overview yeah. of the theology of yeah. the Holy Spirit. That's good. I think what one of the... One of the things I think that people perhaps find confusing is when we talk about the Holy Spirit as a person. It's like, oh, so there's God, yes, and then there's like the Holy Spirit or something yes. is is uh, you know some and often something is used or yeah. you know well and actually often it can sound like when we emphasize a person, oh, so that's someone separate. Yeah. So there's God, and then there's this other entity called the, no, no, no. There's not. God is the God is the yes. Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is God. And, uh, and, better, uh, better said. So, um, uh, there, there, you know, we, we talk about one God. Yes. Um, and but but God is not only manifest in three person. Yeah. It, not not only has three manifestations, but we refer to these manifestations of God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We refer to these manifestations as more than manifestations, but as in some sense, mysterious sense, mm. as distinct persons, because there's some kind of interaction. So Jesus. Uh, ministers in the power of the Spirit. You, you mentioned that before. Yes. The Spirit intercedes in our hearts to God, the Father, mm. the Spirit himself. You know, we don't know what we, but the Spirit himself intercedes within us. Um, uh, God, the Father and God, the Son, send the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. who is referred to as the Comforter, you know, the Paraclete mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in, um, uh, in John chapter 14. And so... Um, so there's a sense of distinctness, yeah. Um, and yet, I think what we probably should be emphasizing is the divinity. Still, the divinity uh, that there is still one. We're talking about one God here, yeah. and the Holy Spirit is God in us. Yeah. So if Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is God come to us, yes, to reveal who what God is like, and to reveal what God did for our salvation. Mm. Um, but then we read about God the Father and God the Son sending the Spirit. So that so it, yeah. it's often, uh, in fact, in Acts, if, if I can refer to Acts, um, Peter says in his sermon after the day of Pentecost, he says, exalted to the right hand of God, he, Jesus, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit mm. and has poured out what you now see and hear. So, you notice the see the language of there's a sense of distinctness, like yes. he's received from the Father this gift, but yep. the gift is the a person, the, the 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 very person of God that emanates out of Christ and the yeah, Father. Yeah, that's right. It, it, this and this it's is a mystery. Yeah, this is very important to um to point out here, because I've actually had a few questions this week in people listening to our podcast where we've been mentioning the Holy Spirit and reading through the Book of Acts about about his place in the triune Godhead yeah. and even questioning, believe it or not, because everything, we live in a culture right now where everything is questioned yeah. and de deconstructed. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, how do we know that the Trinity is real? I mean, it doesn't say in the Bible, it doesn't say <clears> there's, you know, but we know that we, you know, again, multiple, multiple times there is the formula of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this is this is the mystery that we we cannot comprehend with with our the minds that we have yeah. in this dimension. It's incomprehensible. Is that there is a, a unified God, you know, Godhead, one God, 
manifests in three entities, three personalities, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are subservient to one another. They serve, and, you know, like the Holy Spirit obviously is happy to be, you know, eternally subservient to the other two. And and, the, and Christ, the Son, is happy to happy to play the role of son to father. Yeah, you know, to for all it's 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 a mystery. Yes. Yeah, and but but again, there I'd be quick to yes to be pedantic if I yeah. may. Uh, we we you know theologians refer to the uh, um, the members of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as being co-equal. Yeah, completely co-equal. Yeah, so not subservient in the sense that that one is less than the other. No, no, or, not, or, not not less, not less. Or that one created the other, no. or or they they are completely and eternally co-equal. So I think the thing to recognize here is that the, the word Trinity is a theological word that we use to describe a mystery, mm. okay? But it's important to recognize that what it is describing is actually a mystery. And and it's trying to, yes. it's, it's, a, it's a doctrine, because often we can think, well, it's a doctrine, so it's it sort of describes as though it describes something scientifically. Yeah. No, it's actually... It's it's uh, it's an illusion, you know. It's it's a way of referring, denoting the mystery of the way that God has revealed Himself. You know, the, the mystery yeah. of what God, something about God has revealed about Himself. Mm. Uh, and and we see these different functions, these, these different, and we refer to them as persons, um, for lack of a better word, because mm. not not a, like you're a person yes. and I'm a separate person. It's not like Personality. that. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't imply separateness and it doesn't even imply that um, there is, uh, we, we refer to three persons of God, but there's no increase. We're not talking about three gods. I remember, for, yeah. you know, I mean, and this is where the confusion can easily happen. I remember after um, uh, someone uh, talked about a church talked about the um you know the personhood of the holy spirit very much emphasizing mm. it's not a power not a it but a person a person is a person yes and someone talked to someone afterwards says ah oh, I, I always thought there was just like one god i didn't realize that that all oh, right so they're actually separate yeah it's like, oh no no, 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 no you got it wrong. Yeah, so yeah. you got that look there's there's a lot of different ways and there's a lot of different you know in cat in you know different uh creeds and everything like that um you know good old good old uh charles Ryrie, you know classic um you know, a dispensationalist. I know how much you hate yeah. that word, theologian, or, or, or you know, systematic yeah. theologian from the Baptist tradition. He he described it this this way, and this is I think it's a nice summation of a few different creeds. There is only one God, but in the unity of the Godhead, there are three eternal and co-equal persons, the same in substance, but distinct in subsistence yeah that's great and that's uh, i mean again where it gets it gets you look the it's and the interesting thing about the and and look this is one area where all the different denominations yes. apart apart from your your uh what we would describe as the cults. sects yeah, yeah sects or know, cults yes um Really, you know, I mean, this is where, you know, Protestants, Catholics, the Orthodox yes. really yes. have, uh, you know, really are on, on the same page. 100%. Um, and, and it's interesting in, in the, the – over the centuries when this was really defined, you know, from probably the fourth century onwards, 
uh, you know, there's a couple of centuries of, of debates and discussions around this. Nothing happened quickly in those days, you know. Um, but really what they ended up with, because there were lots of attempts to explain this rationally, okay, and a lot of the what we call Trinitarian heresies were attempts to explain something rationally. Yes. And what they did was to build a fence around the mystery, essentially. So one of the greatest statements, and you can look it up, is the Athanasian Creed mm. is a statement about the Trinity. And it... It's a really, I, I love it because it's like a very poetic way of declaring the truth of Scripture without really um, making it explicable as such. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay, this is a complete mystery. Yeah. So, so I think that's, you know, I think that's important. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God, mm. but God in the sense that God dwells within us. It's a very unique yes. sense of God dwelling yes within us that yes. th this is the you know the purpose of, of the Holy Spirit is is that um, uh, that um, outworking uh, that outpouring of God mm. which dwells within us mm. Mm. Um, and that's what we're so that's what we're talking about here and again I want to again I want to um, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, my turn to be yeah, ped yeah. pedantic that is that is the unique mysterious glorious ministry of the holy spirit now in this age yeah he existed before that before mm. the creation of mankind yeah, yeah. like so it's he is not dependent no, or an expression no, of right, god yeah. just in in us yeah. so one day when we are um you know when we have our eternal being and we are in the very presence of god the holy spirit will still be the holy spirit active in doing what he yeah. is is wanting yeah. to do yeah. through through eternity past eternity That's future right. let's so, let's also just recognize a little philosophical point <laughs> let's also recognize the limitations of language oh. all all the I, I describe theology and and uh, you know our belief systems it's um it's like a two-dimensional render <laughs> of a three-dimensional reality i've said this a number of times because a lot of people look at the just the language and they say oh gee that just doesn't that seems really paradoxical and doesn't uh it th th there's a there's a, almost a like some, for some people, it just may not ring true, and that's because we're not saying the ultimate truth is is exhausted mm -hmm. and contained within the language oh, itself. It's These in, it cannot you know, be. It's the, the the theological language is again. It's like this two dimensional facade mm. that gives us access to a three dimensional reality. So, it, and this is it's why it's very important that we don't change yes. uh, and mess with these uh, with the, because. Theology is basically an attempt to sum up what the Bible says about different topics. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and so, the well, good, good theology is good theology. Uh, good, yeah, that's right. Good yeah. theology comes out of the Scripture, saying what did yeah, God right. reveal to us. In yeah, this? that's right. And the reason we stick with with these basic biblical definitions is is because um, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't function the way like this is the these these um, what what the Bible teaches gives us. Uh, a point of access, like a window through which we can, I love it. We can yes. enter yes. A, a real experience and a real encounter with the truth of these things. Mm. But just because you memorize 
for example, the definitions you've got in front of you now. You could memorise that whole book and you, you would still not say that you know the truth. Amen. That is amen and amen. This is a door. Yeah. You need to walk through the door yes. in, order to, in order to know the truth. And then and then I think, and, and this is very much the case with the Holy Spirit, I, I in, in many respects, my... Um, and, and, and I think anyone would say this, the, the sense in which we know God by the Holy Spirit, there's an ineffable aspect to that. By ineffable, I mean, it actually, you recognize it's in some senses beyond all language and yes. words to yes. describe. I mean, you know, uh, Paul talks about the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Yes. Uh, yes. And therefore, you know, transcends language as well. But language is is a point of access, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only, yeah. That's the only <laughs> yeah. way we can, yeah, we, that's you know, right. our minds work to do that. Uh, so, so we say all of that all of that theology and doctrine. It's a good lead-in to talking about the Holy Spirit. It, I, anyway. I yeah. think it is. I wanted to tick some of those things off, off off the list. But it brings us right back to, you know, something that we're looking at in, in Acts at the moment, I think is a good way to sum it up. In Acts 19, the Apostle Paul gets to Ephesus and he's talking to different believers. Yeah. And in, in one part of it, as Paul's discerning and, you know, following the Holy Spirit's lead, obviously, Paul says to them, you know, he asks them about, uh, you know, the... He, he basically says, you know, tell me about your doctrine about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And they turn around and look at him and go, we didn't, we don't, we didn't even know there was such thing as a Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that, I feel, is is for, for some people today a sad statement of maybe where their life is at. Like yeah. they might be saying that they're a believer. Yeah. They might be saying yeah. that they're in the Word. They might be saying, you know, yeah. they go to church and you talk about the Holy Spirit's function in their life day to day and they go, oh, I don't even know if there, there yeah, is yeah, a yeah. Holy Spirit. That's a great, that's actually a really interesting point there because because they hadn't heard about it. The hearing about it is is a point of access. Yes, it, to it, bring it, you back to it, your point. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's actually, there was a point of access. And so, um, so you know, because Paul was able to clarify that, it was then through that means that they were able to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit that was available to them. Yeah. And um, and it's interesting. I mean, uh, I think um, down through history, there's been a bit of an ebb and flow in terms of uh, sort of attention to the Holy Spirit. There are periods where uh, where there's almost no attention given to the Holy Spirit. Uh, yes. In, in in the 20th century, you know, th there's been a lot more oh. attention given to the Holy Spirit due to the charismatic revivals and so forth. And and I think uh, I think that's you know I, I think that's important because it it brings, in a sense, the Holy Spirit uh, brings us really into the experiential realm we're not just talking about a god out there yeah. we're not just talking about uh, the incarnate son of god who came 2000 years ago yeah. we're talking about as christ says as as paul says christ in me yeah you know uh, th this the hope sense, of glory th th exactly. the hope of glory so so well, it's a god indwelling us uh, and again to give some um to, let's go on a little side tangent right now to give us some cultural uh you know clarification where we are we can see time and again Throughout the ages of the church, you know, through the throughout the generations of yep. the church, you know, every, you know, oh, I won't say a period of time, but, you know, there's been times in the church where things get so dry and head knowledge yep. where sometimes mm. 
because of that and the desire to have the spirit working mm. in them, people can end up in, in error. I remember yeah. one of the first ones were the mono, you'll know the words, you know, the actual, um, one of the early church fathers actually mm. ended up following them. Um, what were they called? Montanists? Yes, yes, the Montanists, who, who, who reacted against the early church, yep. saying you guys have become too dry and boring. Mm. Um, you know, we want to see the Holy Spirit w- at work in our lives. We believe in prophecy and new revelations, uh, you know, new yep. prophets entering into the church. They also emphasized a really holy and separate living, you know, type of lifestyle type of thing. Yep. But they ended up, falling into into sin and sort of moving away and we've seen that happen a few times in the in you know over generations in the church uh, whether that was you know Anabaptists in the time of you know Calvin type of thing where people wanted to have these experiences experience something new of the spirit and I say that not to belittle what mm. is happening today but I think both of you both both of us would admit even though we sort of look at things from a different direction there's some excesses done in the church in the name of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and you know, yeah. and that can, be, that can be an issue that, you know, th- yeah. that Look, we can fall into yeah, as yeah, well. I mean, it's, it's worth pointing out that as a general rule, human beings always get everything, just about everything wrong. <laughs> at, 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 at some point, like at some point. Yeah. So, so it Amen. doesn't invalidate Amen. the thing. I mean, the fact Amen. that the Montanists, the fact that these, you yes. know. Um, now, now, as long as, you know, uh, yeah, like, like I guess... I guess that's that's human, yeah. and and sometimes the churches had to go through those excesses to pull back and say, ah, oh, actually that. I mean, it's silly to say, probably they had to go through it because, I mean, getting things wrong isn't good. But you know, sometimes we we just learn the hard way, and um, and it doesn't invalidate, you know, the thing itself. So, yes. I, and I think this is important because it's important not to be reactionary, uh, where we reject something because of its. It's misuse or it's misapplication yes. or it's excesses. Well, the only, the, the, like all things, whatever we see mm-hmm. or experience in front of us in a church or even in our own personal life, all of those experiences are to be weighed up with mm. the Word of God. Yeah. We are to bring it back to the Word of God, see what the Word of God, what the Holy Spirit Himself yeah. has actually said about it in yeah. the scriptures, and then balance it up. Yeah, and that's right. And look, I know, I know personally, I mean, every, every gift that God has given, everything that God has given me, to some extent, and it's some point I've misapplied that or miss or, or you know I, I oh. mean so it, it's just it's just a fact of our of our imperfection and the fact that we we really stumble along here but yeah. by the grace of God <laughs> God doesn't uh, you know as Paul says the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable God yes. uh, you know God bears with us and um, and and I'm, I'm grateful for that oh I wanted to I wanted to as we get close to our little halfway break and we want to actually get into some practical application in looking at the doctrine of Holy Spirit I want to sort of think about his personality and what make this might sound crazy tell me if I'm using the wrong again language is going to let us down personality what, maybe. Yeah, yeah i know yeah, yeah. what 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 do we see in scripture that the holy spirit wants to do yeah good okay that's a good question it's it, you know it, what what and again yeah. i would even go bring the personality like what makes him excited you know, I don't know if that's... Well, but yeah, and, and again, it's not like, oh, well, there's one thing that makes the father excited and there's another thing that makes the son... No, And they've no, all no. got different personalities. No, 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 no. When we, when we say they're different persons, we're not saying that, and I know you're not saying that. Yeah. But really, I, I think the best way to ask that question is what is God doing now in mm. the world, right? Mm. And, uh, and God is drawing people uh, to himself... Mm-hmm. 
through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And and I'm going to lead in with that to see that in Scripture, and again, just a really quick overflow, fly through this. In reference to the local churches uh, in the New Testament, this is what we see the Holy Spirit actively doing. He inspires worship in the worship yeah. service. He des- he directs missionaries to go to work. Yeah. He desires... Um, um, sorry, he desires to appoint its preachers. He wants to anoint the teachers. He wants to warn the members. He wants to, det- to d- help determine what decisions are made within the local j- church. Yep. He desires to condemn or bless the efforts of that church. Yep. That's what the Spirit says in the in in, in Revelation. Yeah. Um, and he desires to head up its visitation and evangelism. Yeah. Like it, that's so, what so they're they're all based on specific passages yes. uh, in Scripture, and 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 when you say he desires to, it's because that's what God is doing, and God does these things by the Holy Spirit within us. Amen. And Amen. so and so you know what is God doing? God is drawing people to Himself, and He's transforming, uh, He's transforming the world, and that begins with the transformation of the human heart because remember we're in charge here mm. so so God's um, y- you know the the advancement of the kingdom of God is essentially an ongoing outpouring of the Holy Spirit yeah uh, it is the Holy Amen. Spirit working in and through me and you to each other to people and and constantly reaching out into a broader and this circle. is a, and this is a beautiful uh, context that we can read the book of Acts because there's times in the book of Acts where we're going, oh boy, are these are this rag, is this rag, you know, raggy old team of guys going to survive? Yeah. Is this going to have like are they going to get through this? What is yeah. going to happen? Is Jesus? And then we can go, oh no, we're here, yeah. and we're you yeah. know, we are a direct result of the Holy Spirit yeah. working through these working through these people yeah. to get us, you know, to get us yeah. to this point here. So that that was an interesting. Can can you just let, let's just work through? That was an interesting list that you, like you brought that out. I like that list. Yeah. Just l- l- let's go. Let, take one of those at a time. I just okay. want to think about each one of those. Right. Okay. Go. Okay. The Holy Spirit and the local church. This is in the doctrine yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Um, he desires to inspire the worship service and the singing. Yeah. In the and so, ha- ha- uh, what, what have you got there? Is in terms of script? Is, is it okay. scripture reference? For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. Yeah. And, and so, and I was also thinking of John 3, chapter 3. Uh, John chapter four. Yes. You know, they will worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. So there's a, there's a sense in which the Holy Spirit inspires true worship. In Ephesians 5, it says, uh, be filled with the Spirit, don't be drunk, in the, don't, yeah. be, don't be like drunk, and then out of that comes singing. Yep, that's right. Love it. Uh, yep. He desires to direct the missionary work. Now, this is over and over again in the yeah, book of yeah. Acts. The Holy Spirit is telling yeah, Paul. Yeah, set apart these. Yep, that's right. Yep. He desires to appoint its preachers. It says in Acts 20, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the over that which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Okay, so so I, so maybe he he, uh, he identifies, but it's by the Holy Spirit that the overseers or elders of the church, not just the preachers. I'd yes. probably okay. uh, talk about elders there. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, he in First Corinthians chapter two, Paul says, "My speech and my preaching was not enticing using uh, man's yep, wisdom, yep. but in the spirit of power." So that is an anointing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. So so in other words, preaching. Uh, th- th- there is a preaching that is not just about issuing information, uh, but a preaching that is about, in a sense, and this is the prophetic dimension of preaching, I would yes. refer to it as, as the kind of authoritative declaration Amen. Uh, of a little bit like God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the dry bones that they might live. Mm. So there's that empowered 
aspect to the proclamation of the word that gives life yeah. by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. Uh, we see that the Holy Spirit desires to warn the members of the church. Uh, for reference there, we can see a verse like 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. you got an old... You got, I, I know, oh, he's, he's oh, this quite, is Willingham's. You're, you've yeah, got yeah, Willingham's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, guide yeah. to the Bible, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. using the uh, He the, uses the, the King, King James. James yeah. He loves the King James's guy. Um, so that's about, you know, warning the, the Holy Spirit will warn the members yeah, of the local yeah, church about yeah, error. Yeah. Uh, he desires to, uh, in, in light of that also, he wants to be part of the decision-making process in Acts 15. It seemed good to yeah, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. So, yes, and the interesting thing there is that it says it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there's a sense of they're not abdicating their responsibility to make wise and informed decisions. Great. Uh, God, so, and... In a sense, the Holy Spirit is uh, n- not guiding them and enabling them in the sense that it bypasses their own, very much their own decision making. But there's a sense of concord here. It's almost like this sense of there's a sort of we that that we we sit as it were in the divine council. I love and, it. And and th- this Holy Spirit is our counselor, but we're our decision-making emerges from this communion with the Spirit. Uh, Wilmington, who I'm reading, I'm reading this from the Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. And if you've ever done a basic Bible theology... Wilmington it is. I said Wilmington's. Uh, that's yeah. all right. Uh, yeah. he, he, you know, he... Um, uh, you know, he, he has these commentaries in, and I love this little line here, talking about what you were just saying in, in deciding the, you know, the Word of God. He says, the real goal for a church can only be achieved through what I would call a, de- a democratic, theocratic, combined team effort. That's great. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to play it. Um, the because, whole- yeah, and that's an important one because I think people feel that all our decisions need to be sort of dropped out of the sky uh, where I think instead uh, there's this sense of um, there's a sense in which we're equipped by the Spirit yes. with wisdom, yes. perspective, Amen. but not not disempowered. See, that would disempower us. The Holy Spirit is given to empower us. Yes. To make the right choices. Love it. Because we were given authority, and so. Us genuinely making those choices is important. Yeah, yeah. It's Together not taking can, away yeah, yeah, the. Yeah. It's not taking away. You know, he's not making the choices <laughs> for us, but enabling us to make the best choices. Um, and and last two here, I'll fly through. I'll fly through these. <clears throat> he desires to condemn or to bless the efforts of a local church. I don't know where where is that one from. That's an. Well, he. This is his longest. Right, yeah, this yeah. is his longest right. one. He goes through basically all of Revelation two ah, and three. The uh, the letters to the church. Letters to the church. Yeah. He that so, has, you know. Yeah, and this is and and maybe. Um, I, I wonder though whether condemn is too strong a word there. Wow. I, I'd, I'd probably use convict. Um, because he, th- there's a sense in which you know the spirit says to the churches, and there are really there are real warnings there. Mm. Uh, I'm. The, my concern with the with the word condemnation is that it's a bit like irrevocable. You know, it's like you're gone, yes. you're done. I'm yeah. casting you off, well, the, and he doesn't say that to no, any no, of the no. churches. He, he will condemn. Well, I'll, I'll push back on that. He does condemn them, as in you, this is the wrong thing that you're doing. But there's always a yeah, hope yeah. to to. It's it, it That's is. That's why I'd use a different word. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. There's a, there's, there's, the, there's the the condemnation is there, but there's no spirit of like damnation, or there's no like you are done. It's more. This is what I want you to tell me. So get back online with me. Yeah. So we yeah. can do it and, together. And I mean, the reason why 
I, I wouldn't say, again, I mean, Paul says in Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So at no point, because remember, these yes. are, the, these are yes. the, the, the churches of Christ. Again, this uh, is a, a language thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> I... I like it. I like it. So, so instead of condemn or bless, he convicts yeah, or right. affirms. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's very much in line with what Jesus says about the ministry of the Spirit, that he will come to convict the world of yes. sin with regards to... Yeah, the last one, last one, and then we've got to run into a break here. Yeah. He says, the Spirit desires, this is an interesting one with the verse, you'll laugh at this, that the Spirit desires to head up the evangelistic programs of the church. And his reference point of this, and I think there's a lot of verses he could pick from Acts, but he goes to Revelation 22, where he says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. <laughs> <laughs> Let him yeah. hear us say. Come. Okay, here, here's what I think he he means, but and and I think that's uh, that's a fair comment. In yeah. that, um, Jesus said, "No one comes to the Father except uh, no, no one comes to me except those that the Father draws." Yeah. You know, and and there's a sense in which those that come mm. uh, come because the Spirit draws them. Jesus said, "No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again." And he's mm. talking about being born of the Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, and so. So that's important to recognize that it's not, we don't do the transforming by being convincing or persuasive. Mm. The Holy Spirit is the one that transform, mm. transforms the hearts yeah. uh, of people. And so it's in that sense. And, and in a sense, before we ever get there, the Holy Spirit's often always at work. Yeah. You know, we're second on the scene. Exactly. He's first on the scene. That's what I think that means. Well, there we go. We've covered some. Uh, we've covered some uh, wide, wide world of theology here. Let's take a quick break on Thrive Perspectives, because the question now is: Okay, Matt and DJ, I've heard all that theology. So what? Yeah. So what? How does, what does it that apl- look like? What does that feel like? Yeah. yeah. What does that? What does that mean to me? I, I, I don't know. So we want to really get into that. Maybe get a bit personal next here on Thrive Perspectives. DJ here and uh, I want to give you a bit of a spoiler, all right? I'm going to spoil the ending of this episode for you. Uh, Matthew and I do not get everything said about the Holy Spirit that we want to (laughs) on this episode and we're going to record another one. We are recording part three of this three-part discussion. Uh, So uh, we do not get through all of it. If you're listening to it going, hang on, they're not talking about these things that I want them to talk about. We will get to it in the next episode. Now, right now, I want to do an experiment with you, okay? So no matter what you're listening to us on, if you're listening to us on your phone, if you're in front of a computer, whatever you are, open up a browser window. Uh, I don't care if it's Safari or Chrome. Open up a browser window, whatever you're on. Right now, open that up and let's type in to the address at the top, Thrive, I'm going to do it with you, thrivetoday.tv, all right? Type that in and press return, thrivetoday.tv, and that should open you up to our website. Look at that, a beautiful picture of Matthew and I and my big laughing head there on the top of the thing. Thrivetoday.tv, listen, learn, grow, repeat, and then underneath that you should see a 
orange donate now button i want you to click on that for me click on that donate now let's uh, try this out together donate now click on that and that should take you through to our five thrive bible reading guide page there has a little bit of a description of the podcast listener support subscription to all of the Thrive podcasts. Thrive Deeper and Thrive Perspectives, what are these podcasts worth to you? If you'd like to contribute to assist us in meeting ongoing production and distribution costs, then please join our listener support program with a monthly subscription. We do provide you the way to give a one-off donation, but a monthly level of support really helps us budget what we want to do. So as you read through all of that you'll see select your monthly level of support below and if you click that you've got a little drop down menu you can have five different support tiers starting at five dollars a month going all the way up to a hundred dollars per month whichever one suits your budget and for me right now i'm going to say five dollars per month i choose one of those so you can even select uh, multiple, uh, you know, sort of copies of that. If you want to have your own uh, particular, you know, if you want to put $15 in, you can do it like that. So if you hit sign up now, uh, you know, you speak, pick your support tier, hit sign up now. It'll show you what, you're, uh, what you've uh, actually chosen, how much of that is it is a month, and then you can just proceed to the checkout. Hit that proceed to the checkout right there. And you put your information and you know how to buy something online. It's all secure. You should see the little padlock there in the top of the browser. It shows you what you want to do. You put in your uh, your information there. And it's so simple to do. Uh, you can pay with your credit card via Stripe. We use Stripe there. So you know that it's secure. And that will be your monthly subscription to Thrive. It's as simple as that. I wanted to show you live how easy it is to do. And we can do that together. So please prayerfully consider becoming a financial supporter of these podcasts. We can't do it without you, just like we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And in light of that, let's get back into the conversation right now on Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives. It's our 37th episode and uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. In fact, this half of the podcast, myself, DJ Payne and Matthew Jacoby, my wonderful co-host here, we want to wrap things up to talk about what is the practical application of the of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life? What, what does the Holy Spirit actually do and feel like? In, in an individual's mm. life. And again, we can go through all the theological <laughs> points, but I think it's going to come down to two major areas, Matt. It's going to be what we see in the New Testament, the giftings mm. that the Holy Spirit, you know, they're gifts from Jesus Christ, you know, through using yep. the Holy Spirit into our lives. And then also as the Holy Spirit works in our life and we yield to him, he bears fruit and we mm. hear about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Let's let, let me approach this just from just in a broader sense, in a relational sense. So, um, and this is the important bit, I think, experientially. This is the thing that takes some getting used to, in fact, and according to which we really need to shape our expectations. 
a lot of people uh, have this expectation or, or, or seem to want to relate to God as though God were out just only out there, yes. you know. So I, I'm I'm looking out there for God to to show me something or to appear in some way, or it's out there, out there, out there. Um, what we need to remember is that God doesn't want to just be out there. I mean, God is everywhere. We, we say God is omnipresent, which means that God is everywhere. Mm. But most importantly, God has chosen to dwell within our and and I use the word heart yes. uh, to describe our innermost sanctuary of yep. our you know our spiritual center. Yep. That uh, God's spirit dwells in a sense, and uh, Paul uses the language of God's spirit testifying to our spirit that mm. we are the children of God. Mm. So there is a there is a spirit to spirit relationship established. Mm. Um, that. That, that that's and that's something very mysterious and so let's think about what that means for example because any relationship is built on communication when we talk about having a relationship yes we're talking about a level of communication okay, okay, well, quick question before we jump into that Matt when you say uh, when you say and again correct me if I'm wrong when you say the spirit indwells our spirit uh, it, uh, in, well it dwells well, our heart communes yeah, yeah. to our spirit can can I can I rightly say because this is where I think some of us, you know, there's still that gnosticism, you know, or yeah. or philosophy that is attached to thinking that the physical world is bad. Yeah. Can I say that the Holy Spirit indwells our body? Yeah. I yes, I think you could say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like actually, yes. it dwells us, and we yeah. are our body yeah, as right. well as spirit, yeah. as well as mind, as well as yes. you know everything that makes yeah, us so, up. So there is a. Th- that's a good point because there is a sense, even though God is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we saw in Jesus that Jesus uh, came to a certain place at a certain time. Mm. Uh, so God, God desires to be in, in some sense located, uh, and and there's a sense of specific of God being present in certain locations in a special sense, right? Yes. Yes. And we ourselves, and uh, look, um, this is this was true. In, in the Old Testament period, this was symbolized in the temple, for example. Mm-hmm. So there was a special sense of God's present presence in his sanctuary, right? Yes. Now, we are now that sanctuary. So, yes, God is everywhere. But if you want to find God in a very, in, in, in a, in a very special sense, then God dwells within his temple. Mm. And we physically, so there's a sense in which uh Yes, indeed, we physically are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We, God is, in a sense, located within us in a very in a very special sense. Yeah. Even though God, of course, is everywhere. And that's why I yeah. want to say because sometimes I think when we talk about the spiritual realm, again, for the new believer or for someone who's immature in the faith, they might go, "Yeah, that's in some sort of heavenly realm yeah. that I don't." It's not practically yes. like yeah. I'm in this. Body no, I like. By yeah, myself. I like what you're saying. Yeah. So it's not like. Uh, so we're not saying that God dwells in our spirit. God dwells with, there's a sense of God dwells with our spirit and Love our it. spirit is in communication with, in communion with God's spirit. Great. So, um, and this is where Paul talks about, you know, the Holy Spirit himself testifies to our spirit. There's this, uh, this wonderful sense of an embrace mm. uh, in which the love of God is directly in contact mm. with our spirit, with our innermost person okay. in the spiritual sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, this is the bit that takes a bit of getting used to, right? Because I think what, what we tend to want to do is always make God 
into something less than God actually is. Yes. This is the second commandment. Yeah. Do not make an engraven image. Don't make God don't make God into an object out there because that's not no uh, and so this is where we often go looking for things out there. Mm. Um, and that can be even be in particular places or particular intermittent experiences. So we can often go chasing that one experience, yeah. you know, uh, when actually what God wants is constancy. Yes. It's a constant, um, a constant ongoing relationship, yeah. not just intermittent experience. And and look, it's not denying that there are indeed intermittent experiences that we yes. go through. That's that's, uh, but what God wants is a constant ongoing relationship. So God indwells our spirit. Now, as I, I was going on to say that. Uh, to talk about communication, right? Yeah. Now it's an interesting to think of that, this in terms of communication, right? Because uh, if I if I don't communicate with you, we don't really have a relationship. If there's no communication, what, yeah, what is there? Yeah. yeah. Now when you and I talk to each other, like you're there mm. and I'm here, and mm. and and we. You know, we use language to like I'm I'm sort of feeling something, uh, and and so I let's say I'm there's there's something that I'm feeling that I want to get across to you, mm. and. Uh, you know, let's say there's something that you've that you've done that's really grieved me, right? And, sounds and it I, sounds <laughs> like every other week. Yeah, but you continue. And just for an example. Just for an and, example. And, and so, so I, I use language, right, to try to get across to you, right? And you listen to my words, yeah. And you try and empathize and reconstruct within yourself how I feel. Now, when God wants to communicate to us that we have grieved Him, mm. there's a. It, he, he does so directly. There's a direct sense mm. in which we can actually feel the very grief of God. Mm. Yeah. Because he is, you know, as it says in Ezekiel 36, uh, I, I will put my spirit in them. And, and there's a sense so that they will be moved to do the right. They, there's mm. a sense in which the heart of God in some sense mm. is actually within us it's, as it were we 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 feel i mean paul talks about i i have the mind of christ yeah and and i mean let's not separate mind and uh, mind and heart there's a sense in which we we just gain uh, an, an awareness in a very direct sense yes. of how god himself feels about us at that moment i think a beautiful picture of that and, and I know I'm speaking your language here, Matt, is King David. Yeah. King David, who God says had had, had his spirit yeah. in him. Yeah. And, you know, King David, who was after man after his own heart. Well, King David often talks about when he has, you know, that that, that in, indwelling of the, of the Holy Spirit, mm. the desires of God is in his yeah, heart. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it's not like, you know... You know, it's not like David is 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 his personality or his mind is squashed yeah. or possessed. No, no, like that's right. No, absolutely, that. yeah. It is it is God communing with his heart, so he finds that his heart is aligned yeah. with the spirit of God, and his desires are God's that's desires. Right. That's right. So it's not that God takes over our individuality. Yeah. No, God dwells in us and with us mm. in that sense. Mm. You know. Uh, and and so it's it's a relationship. So so there's a there's a degree, you know, not a degree, but there's a very important sense in which we need to make a constant choice mm -hmm. about um, attuning ourselves to the uh, perspective and the 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 um, uh, you know the passion and the desires of the spirit of yeah. God. Yeah. within us we, we we need to attune ourselves and this is why paul says do not live according to the flesh and by the flesh he means your your corrupted 
nature, your corrupted desires, mm. you know, your pride and your your selfish ambitions and your, you know, the God complex. No, um, the way that we overcome that is by actually it's like step into a different river mm. um, because we're not only left with our own des- desires, otherwise we'd be, you know, locked up within ourselves, but we can actually be drawn along, mm. you know, by the desires of the Spirit. So so Paul says, you know, so set your heart on what the Spirit desires mm. and, um, and, and we can actually, in a sense, in a very direct sense, be drawn along by that because the power of that flow is actually within us. So if yeah. we, the, you know, if we, as it were, you know, I mean, use the, the imagery of the wind, you know, yes. it's like the wind within us is blowing. If we raise a sail, we'll catch the wind. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, to me, and again, I don't, it's, uh, Paul, Paul uses an example in Ephesians talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. And I know we can take an analogy and go too far. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to take this analogy yeah. and go too far. But I think Paul uses it as a reason to help us understand what it's like when the Holy Spirit is 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 active in our life. He says, don't be drunk with wine. Yeah. And someone who is drunk with wine, it's not that the wine has possessed them and it's the wine doing the thing. Yeah. It's that the wine is has freed up the personality or or brought forward, you know, what's really inside and and you know you're doing stuff he says but be filled with the spirit and it's like the sense that when we are filled with the spirit the spirit is bringing forth the the, the parts of our personality that best glorify him. Is that analogy? Am I? Am I? Have I gone too far in that analogy? Um, a little too far. I, <laughs> I mean, no. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I think he's talking about the, you know, under the, what are you under the influence of? Yeah. And and I think your point is a good one in that when we're under the influence of uh, of of alcohol, which we, he's saying we should not be. Yes. That there's a sense in which. Um, it's we, we we don't blame that, but but we've you know we've latched on to you know and yeah. and um, but he's saying whereas that you know in a, in a sense and that that dulls our sensibilities. Yes, he's saying don't do that. Be filled in sen- in instead with the spirit of God that heightens our that well the right kind of sensibilities exactly, at least exactly exactly. Um, and so so that so being filled with the spirit then means yielding yourself. Great. To the desire of the spirit, like let let the desires of the spirit fill you. Not and 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 again, there's the choice, isn't it? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there's there's actually something that we need to open ours. This is what I mean by raising a sail. Yeah. Is and and this and we do this, you know, through reading the word, through uh, worship. I mean, worship is a wonderful way to. It's you know, it's the times of for me, you know, of sitting still, and uh, it's it's the times of prayer and tuning into what God is saying to me. And and when I say, and, and which brings me back to this point about this relationship, often people will say, you know, I just referred to, you know, tuning into what God is saying to me. Mm. We often hear people say, oh, well, God said to me this and God yeah. said to me that. And, and, and look, that can be confusing because sometimes people think, well, I'm, I'm not hearing any voices. But remember, God isn't ex- just external. God doesn't want to communicate to us as an external yeah. Uh, voice as an external voice and look sometimes god does that in yes. very uh, you know un- it's more unusual experience but primarily god wants to minister to our spirit directly so direct communication yeah. now that means and and for me this is where 
um, this is, I guess, how that, uh, what that, this is what this sort of feels and looks like uh, for me. So if I'm, if I'm bringing something to God, let's say I'm bringing something to God that I'm stressed by or anxious about, or there's a bit of turbulence yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and what I do as I bring that to God, what, what I find is that God very directly changes the way that I think and feel about that. Mm. And I put, the, I, you know, I can put that into words, mm. um, but God is showing me something very directly, you know. Yeah. Now, there are, there, there are some times where, I, 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 where it is a bit more verbal, you know, like um, I remember one time um, having this, this, just this line like dropped into my spirit, you know, I felt God say to me, you want to be right more than you want to know the truth. Yeah, you know, I've heard you uh, you, that. you've heard I've that. Heard it you, was yeah. a very important moment for yeah. me because it really uncovered, this is the convicting thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and it was important that line. Um, and, and, and I don't know, I actually don't know whether whether God gave me that line or whether it was so clear in my spirit that naturally things yes. come out linguistically yes. when they, yes. when they, when they float to our conscious consciousness, yeah. Yeah. naturally they're going to take a linguistic shape. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm sure that God, there's a guiding aspect to that linguistic shape. I, uh, I, I love the fact that you were coming at this, like uh, the philosopher that you are, you yeah. were coming at it <laughs> with these concerns about language the ordinary person is yeah. like, Matt, what are you talking about? Yeah, you but know? Well, well, and one of the reasons, I'm, I'm saying that is because you know for example when I when I come to preach a sermon I, I there's a genuine prophetic aspect to that I, mm. I feel like I'm I'm trying to articulate something mm. that in God I have seen mm. but but I've also I've also chosen the words and the yes. way of putting that and and I, and I will use pictures that I feel like that I, that 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 have um, that I've in a sense, seen it this way, and and the God has used these mechanisms yeah. to to show me this. But there's a sense too in which uh, the direct experience that I've had of the Holy Spirit is actually um, it it uh, it it's before any linguistic form in a sense. You know I, what I mean? I understand the, what you're the, saying. the linguistic form sort of, sort of comes subsequent to something actually much deeper, much more transformative. And this is actually one way in which I know, um, you know, uh, like in, in another, in, in a lot of cases, not only do, do is there a sense of, um, of God showing me something or even saying something like in that case with the, with the one line, I knew it was God because in that moment, because it actually changed me. Yeah. You know, now I, yeah. I had to be receptive of that, mm. but as I, it actually, I couldn't, I, I was from that moment, I was different to the way that I, not as different as I should be, but different to the way that I was before. So and, it has this power of transformation. It's not just information. And, and let me let me take one step further because I know you're not articulating something that naturally took place in your head. Yeah. The line, you, to use your language, yeah. a line drops, a, a phrase drops into your head. Yeah. And immediately you recognize it as the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But there's an instantaneous process in your mind that goes, let me check this against all of scripture that I have memorized to know, does it go against the teaching of scripture? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it affirms and edifies it and, yeah. and, and builds the church up. Well, then I know it's... Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, so... Well, and, and this is not... And this is the interesting thing. Uh, that's an interesting point because, like, 
and this is the importance. This is, um, for me, the ability to hear. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to articulate this, um, and you can tell me how I go. Okay. In order for me to have that sensitivity to hear from the Holy Spirit, there's a sense in which I need to be equipped with a framework that allows me to actually. Um, recognize the voice of the spirit, right? It's it's like learning right. a language. Right. Like let's say you you, you you know you're talking to me in French or something. Now I don't know French, right? So I'm not gonna. I don't recognize, hmm. uh, you know, or or in in a in a symbol language that I don't. I'm not sure what you mean by that meta- because yeah. I'm not familiar with the. Now, um, what one of the the. the uh, for me, that that that, fr- and this is the role of te- this is the role of teaching, and and why this is so often emphasised in the New Testament, why we're constantly um, drawn back to the Word of God, and 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 why the teaching of the Word is so important, because it builds within us a framework to actually recognise the voice of the Spirit, and to um, and to uh, you know distinguish and navigate. Uh, um, and apply and apply that. Let, let me give me let me give another dumb DJ example. And right? in the meantime, I'll try and think of a better way of explaining. Well, that. I'll, I'll, yeah. g- I'll give you I'll give you a dumb DJ example. A, a new a new teacher arrives on the scene, and let's go let's go to basic what everyone's experienced: a teacher in primary school. Yeah. Right, a teacher in primary school, and this teacher in primary school is really cool. Yeah. Combs his hair a certain way, wears a certain clothes, uses certain phrases. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Like, you know, yeah. that's really hip, yeah. Jack. You know, whatever. I'll go for something really daggy. Yeah. Well, when you meet a student of that person, like to say you were a student of that person years ago and you meet a young kid in the street and they're combing their hair the certain way, they're wearing the same sort of clothes yeah. and they start using the frame, certain phrases, you go, oh, you've spent time yeah. with Mr. So-and-so yeah, because yeah. I, I understand the influence on their yeah. life. It's almost the same, I feel, with and I'm and I'm taking what you've said, your, 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 um, your experience yeah. of, of the Holy Spirit to my experience with the Holy Spirit, when I feel the Spirit pushing me or urging me or pointing me in the wrong direction, I feel that I've learnt his lingo or recognised his phraseology from the Word of God. Yeah. And I go, oh, yes, okay, I recognise this is the yeah. the same sort of... That's right. There's, there's a conceptual framework that allows... Another illustration that I've, that I've used is, is that of um, Google Maps, you know, when I, yes. when I travel... Um, there's this mechanism where you can preload the maps. And I've often gone over, because, you know, um, when I go overseas, I'm often offline, you know, on my phone. Mm. And, and you know, w- when, you, uh, when you're in, in a map, you know, you can press the location button. It shows you, it gives you a little blue dot. Yes. And the blue dot sort of shows you where, sort of where you are. On you know, map. it, it, it kind of, lo- lo- you know, it locates you. And, um, but, if you haven't preloaded the maps, yeah. <laughs> you, you, the blue dot's blue still dot. there. So, so, so I like, in a sense, like the Holy Spirit. It's you know, it's a little, it's a little like, um, the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me, but without a framework, mm. um, uh, that 
allows me to recognize, oh, this is where I am. This is where I'm here. Mm. Oh, oh, God's leading me here. Yes. And and this is what this entails because yeah. I can look at, I, I can, you Let's know, the maps the map. have been preloaded. Yes. So in, yes. in a sense. So, I like um, that. I like that's so, a good so illustration. That, you know, and look, these are all illustrations. But but the most, you know, the important thing here is that there is, there is in a very important sense, an unmediated um, experience of God. Oh. Uh, Look, there is one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And Jesus Christ pours his spirit into our hearts. And mm. so there's a direct relationship. It's not that the Bible mediates the word of God. I, I, uh, the, the Bible enables yes. that process yes. by, in a sense, preloading uh, a framework within yeah. which we can recognize the voice and be sensitive to the voice and, of the spirit. And and I want to I want to emphasize that recognize and sensitivity yeah. is the two biggest things. We're running out of time, Matt. Uh, one last and because we haven't even got into <laughs> spiritual, I think we've got to do Holy Spirit Part Three. We haven't um, even got into gifts or or, or or the or the fruit of the spirit at all. And I know people have got questions around that. But let me just finish with this illustration about because we've sort of gone into this tangent of how we know the Holy Spirit and how He is. I, I, just, I just want to say something really, really clearly because I because I come and I'm outspoken about being a conservative, reformed, theologically type yeah, of person. Yeah. A lot of people will look at me and will say they they often and it's I know a lot of times it's in jest and go talk about the Holy Spirit and they'll go, yeah, but that's not for you or mm. you don't, mm. you know, that, and again, I know that's all in mm. fun. Let me clearly articulate that I can't do anything, mm. anything without the Holy Spirit. Like, and again, it's not even about me doing anything to achieve anything in God or anything like that, but the Holy Spirit is so active daily in my life Minute by minute in, in what I do, I'm relying on him for everything to 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 draw me closer to, mm. to him that I, I, I you know, part of me, I, 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 on, on behalf of all of my, you know, conservative reform brothers and sisters, I sort of want to push back and say, no, you don't understand, like, we can't do anything, we can't come to the word, mm. we can't understand anything, we can't do anything in our life without... Yielding ourselves over to yeah. the spirit. Yeah. Look. I, I, look. And c certainly, there are, there are, and, and I've, you know, I've encountered aspects of, um, like forms of Christian belief that are a little bit like the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Oh, I, you know, oh amen. And amen, and amen. Uh, and and I think, and I feel like, and and this this I think is the, is it was very much the value of. The, the charismatic revivals in the 20th century is to draw attention to an ongoing real experience, particularly an experience of empowerment. Amen. Um, uh, and, and look, I mean, we've front-loaded the relational aspect because I really do want to front-load that yeah. aspect. Um, it's the relational element that's the most important thing. Yeah. How, what I'm then able to do is just an outflow yeah. of of the positioning and, and the connection that the Holy Spirit gives me with God. And, and in light of that, let me just give something very, very personal, probably one of the most personal things I've said about this whole process. <clears throat> A lot of people often come to me and say, in, with what I've done in work, you know, you know, both when I was a photographer in creative fields and now in, in broadcasting and radio and stuff. And they say, gee whiz, you're very bold, DJ. You're very bold or you're very, 
you're up up, up front about mm. certain things. And I want to, and, and I tell you what, going through the book of Acts has just made me so thankful for the Holy Spirit work in my life because the thing that I see over and over again, when the Holy Spirit is active in a believer's life, mm. we are told again and again, they were bold. They yeah. were able to speak forward the truth. And if there's any element where I've ever been able to articulate anything of the Bible or what God's yeah. truth is, it's because of the boldness that the Holy Spirit has given yeah. me. And there's also a sense in which boldness... Uh, boldness is, in a sense, is imparted by the Holy Spirit, but boldness actually is also the means by which the Spirit can flow through us. Yeah. Into you know, and I, I've noticed this in the Book of Acts that the decision to act in boldness mm. opens. Uh, it opens. More doors. Us, yeah, it opens doors, and 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 so as a result. The, the amazing things happen because yeah. they stepped out yeah. and they they were willing to be used by the Spirit in certain circumstances. But there was a sense it, that they had to be bold in order, you know, in order for that to, to, to really discover that. I, I, I think we have to do part three, right? I, I, we're finishing this. I, I don't, I, we'll have a talk about this afterwards, but I, I think we've got to do part three because there's so much we haven't gone through. Wrap it up for us in this, our second part, talking about the Holy Spirit, Matt. Wrap it up for us. Uh, we've both been very personal and, as you said, front-loading the the relational aspect of the Spirit of yeah. God within us. Yeah. <clears throat> Encourage yeah. the person listening right now. Someone's listening right now and going, okay, that's fine for you guys. You two yeah. are special. You two live on some sort of a special yeah, plane. Well enough, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You two, you know, you're, you're some sort of. I'm not like. I don't have. Yeah. I'd, uh, well, well, yeah. <clears throat> Look, this is this is true with all Christian beliefs. You can't know its truth just by thinking about it, and this is so much the true in terms of the Holy Spirit. Don't just stand back and think about this. This is something to realize, to move into. Uh, this is something uh, that that needs to be experienced, that you need to attune yourself to, open yourself up to. And it's it's the, really the goal of the spiritual the spiritual disciplines, all the spiritual disciplines that we know about, uh, is about attuning us to the the inner voice of the Spirit. Uh, making time for that, not allowing the voice of the Spirit to get drowned out, not allowing the, the, the Spirit to be quenched by choosing to do things that go against the Spirit. Um, the, the process of attuning ourselves to the Spirit, which we do through you know, worship and times of being still and uh, through um, you know, reading the Word, which, you know, which contains so much the heart of the Spirit and, and sharing the Spirit's passion— this actually becomes an experiential thing and w where we can begin day to day to become more sensitive uh, to the Holy Spirit, more aware of the Holy Spirit. Just, you know, the Holy Spirit is so present that it's easy to feel like he's absent because we're used to a different kind of presence. We're used to, you know, someone being out there, but God is in here. He is so present within us that uh, it's actually, in a funny sort of way, it's easy to miss that. But we should not and must not miss it. Um, we, we should do everything we can to cultivate that relationship and learn how to live in relationship with the Spirit of God. listening to Thrive Perspectives, we want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv.
The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.